Hello and welcome to the ESG Fitness Podcast. This is a Q&A episode and I have the wonderful Andy here. How are you, Andy? I'm good, thank you. How about yourself? I'm very good. I'm actually going to turn cameras off because I feel like the sound quality is better like that. Boom. Yes. Although it was lovely to see your face. Do you think I sound a bit um, husky today? I think you're just tired after having your sleep in the sunshine. I said to Andy that we'd podcast at half one and I woke up at half one in the sun. So that was nice. I think I'd only slept for about 20 minutes, but I feel a bit, a bit weird good. now. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to, how, like, you, have you been fine? Yeah. Yeah. Living quietly as per always. Okay. Well, I've woken up most days this week really tired and not wanting to get up and train but as soon as I've started well like I mean it's painful during it or not maybe maybe not painful but tough like I feel amazing after it so I think it's just a case of reminding yourself like if you're in the same position that if you're getting up and you're kind of like oh I'll do it later I do not feel like doing it right now like I'm in the same boat I'm sure loads of people are in the same boat just start and get it done and you will feel so much better afterwards and you'll be grateful that you didn't just go back to bed or wait longer because you know I think it's just a case of getting started and you will have the most productive day if you exercise in the morning in my opinion yeah I think it's um I'm a little bit like that I just as I previously mentioned I really dislike homework training from home um but I think it's it's one of these things that we have to realise it's not going to last forever. You just need to pull your finger out and just get on with it. But there's there's a, a general sense of sucking it up and getting on with things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it's quite easy to think that it actually will last forever at the moment. Like, it kind of feels like that. And I've caught myself thinking that, like, all right, well, just make these changes. But I'm like, no, this is a short-term thing. Like, we will yeah. come out the other side of this and everyone who's been taking care of themselves exercising it's even like i put a post up yesterday and there's been i don't know if you've seen this andy but there's been quite a lot of instagram little meme type things being like it's okay not to be super productive it's okay to watch netflix it's okay not to exercise and i totally get the idea behind it like it it is okay not to do every single home workout that you see and it is okay not to be like starting a degree at the moment or learning how to play the clarinet or something, you know, like something amazingly productive. But you will feel like absolute crap if you spend three weeks lazing around watching Netflix. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Also also as well, my my head does not like, excuse the language, pissing around doing that stuff. Like, yeah. I just get so frustrated. Like, the first week of what we'd class as being, like, sort of lockdown, I was super unproductive because my head was just trying to get around the fact that I had to do everything from home. Um, but since having got my head around it, I'm actually in a much better place now. Um, and actually, I've been getting a whole fair whack of stuff done last week including a lot of DIY stuff, helping Laura's dad in the garden, etc. But just in general, getting content written and stuff as well. So, yeah, I think it's it's a, definitely a mindset thing. You've really got to get your head, that you're, pull your finger out your arse and get on with it. Yeah, even if it's not like... 
I don't know, like, even if you weren't being particularly productive or you weren't doing, like, full workouts, but just doing a little bit, like, basically just not sitting around will make you feel like yeah. a hell of a lot better. And if this is going to go on, which it probably will, like, you need to get some kind of structure and do some form of exercise, if not for your body, for your mental health. So, oh, that's done. Okay, oh, the other thing I wanted to touch on today, Andy, I don't know if you noticed, but it wasn't so much in the the group, but it was mentioned in a couple of check-ins, just that people were almost demotivated by seeing other people's times for the home workouts. Right. So, I think, okay, first of all, um, I am far, far slower than a lot of people who are doing the home workouts as well. Secondly, we like you don't know if they're doing full push-ups or half push-ups or they're modifying because they have an injury. For example, I can't do frog frog um, sit-ups, so I'll do like slight crunches and hold instead. And yep. but that would probably take less time than a frog sit-up. Blah blah blah. My point is like you can't compare because you can't see them doing it. You don't know their fitness level. You don't know, you know, anything about what they've been doing before or yeah. Basically, don't compare yourself to other people. Try and look back at what you did last week or what you did when we first went into lockdown and see how much progression you're making. Um, The other thing I want to say, and I think a really good example of this, is when I rode, we used to train alongside the guys as well. And what matters is not particularly how far we cycled or the watts that we were outputting on the bike but we would have heart rate monitors on us and everyone's heart rate was projected to the front of the room. Now that means that you can see how hard I'm working compared to Andy, even though Andy might be like producing double the watts as I am, I'm still working as hard as he is. Or he could be producing double the watts and actually still not working that hard because his heart rate isn't elevated that much. And that's so much like what we care about as coaches is that you are pushing yourself, not how many reps you did or how long it took you it's that you're pushing yourself hard and that like that's what we care about so I've decided that instead of posting times which people can still do if they want to do that because I find it quite motivating I think it depends how you frame it um but instead of posting times we're going to post sweaty face pictures after because that's quite a good marker of effort like if you still look fine after a workout you've probably not worked out that hard yeah. thoughts yeah i think um i think getting yourself down on um or getting yourself sort of worked up about the sort of times that you're you're progressing with as again as you say you know there are many reasons you know you don't know you don't know that everybody else what everybody else is doing if they're skipping reps if they're skipping sets you just don't know so there's no reason to get yourself worked up about it um I would, if you're going to look at time, I would always look at trying to shave off time off workouts from yourself and that's your little competition with yourself. But yeah, nah, sweaty face, sweaty face, selfie, always good. Yeah, always, always good. And the other thing I was thinking about when you were saying that is, I know, so I have put rest times in some of the workouts. I never actually do them because I like to just keep going, get it done, especially if it's a circuit. Like I tend not to need rest. The, the exercises are sort of programmed as well. I don't know if you've noticed this, but you're very unlikely, unless it's a superset where I'm trying to burn out your legs or something, it's very unlikely you do two leg exercises in a row or two upper body exercises if they're both um, pushing movements in a row because I'm trying to let those 
body parts sort of recover while you're working other body parts so you can keep going. So anyway, if you're strictly sticking to the rest times, obviously your total time will be much longer as well. So that is a consideration. Okay, before we get onto the questions, we also need to mention that the next Commit to Six is open to sign up until Friday, which is very exciting. Awesome. Yes. And, um, okay, let's start with this question. This is, my fiancé previously only ran for exercise. He has started doing 30 sit-ups and press-ups a day, as well as running. I'm wondering if he should also do a leg exercise like lunges or squats that would make, that would make sense to me, but he's working the muscle group the big muscle groups but he's happy that running is enough of a leg workout is it less important to hit big muscle groups because it's only body weight exercises andy you go um you actually broke up most of that question um so oh okay sorry basically let me um tell you again so basically it's a runner he does push-ups and sit-ups he doesn't do any mm-hmm. leg exercises basically because he thinks he gets them done running so would it be useful for him to do sort of lunges and squats as well well 100% yes it's going back to the the one where the number of people I've coached playing football and stuff like that who are like oh I don't need to train legs because I play football twice a week yes but if you did train legs you would be better at what you're doing so if you are training, doing squats, lunges, even bodyweight stuff, um, you're going to become better at running. Your legs are going to be stronger. You're probably going to get less niggles, less injuries. Um, the, your muscles will be able to, the endurance in the muscle, so it means it'll last longer without burning out and fatiguing. So yeah, no exercising, getting getting legs done, no matter if you think that you're exercising them by running, is going to be beneficial. Yeah. And I mean, I've not even got anything to add because... Andy is used to working with high-class football players, rugby players, um, sort of athlete-type population. And if you look at their training, like any decent runner I know will also be doing gym work and that will include quite a lot of lower body work. If anything, probably more lower body than upper body work. Yeah. So, yeah, you'll find that it's much easier to run if you start doing some of these lower body exercises, just like Andy said. Okay, next question is from Olivia. She says, I expect the answer will be, it doesn't really matter, but I'm a lot less active throughout the day than than pre-shutdown. Remember those good times? Oh. <laughs> um, I'm getting my steps, etc., but it tends to be all in one massive block rather than small bursts throughout the day. Does this have any impact on the calories that would be used up during the day? Do you want me to start on that? Yeah, you shoot for first. Okay, um, probably not, no. Um, the only consideration would be that there is some research about not having prolonged sedentary time and things like insulin sensitivity and risk of developing diabetes, but that's like quite long-term. I don't think you develop that in a couple of weeks at home. But it is important, I think, to keep moving during the day. So even if you're sitting down a lot, like even just getting up and doing 10 squats or getting up and doing 10 of whatever the exercise we're doing a hundred of a day every hour or every couple of hours or at break at break points during the day so that you're not just completely sedentary the whole time 
But in terms of the calories that you will burn doing X amount of steps, if you do them in one go compared to if you split them up, negligible, if anything. In fact, I don't think anything really, because you're not, yeah, I don't think there'll be any difference. Do you have anything to add, Andy? Nah, I think the only the only consideration I'd maybe make for that is, is if you're doing, for instance, 12, say you're doing like sort of 12,000 steps in one go, your heart's going to sit higher for a bit longer while you're training rather than doing sort of like 1,000 steps, then another 1,000 steps. But it's going to be, as you say, it's going to be negligible. Um, but as you said, the things you've got to think about are things like the sedentary stuff being sat down for far too long uh, and not getting your body moving, which is something that I think a lot of people need to think about what, during this sort of lockdown, is that working from home, they're very unlikely to be getting up and going to the water to get water, to go and get some information from a work colleague or getting out for lunch, you know, walking to the closest like shop to get something for lunch. So, you know, the whole movement thing and keeping your body moving during, throughout the days obviously being um being um negated by the fact that you're sitting at your desk in your house yeah it is it is a lot tougher and you do need to be more aware of trying to move during the day at certain points and just making sure you're not sedentary the whole day and i can't remember the exact study that was looking at this but it showed that that um it wasn't the total amount of sedentary time that was related to your risk of these negative outcomes but it was more like the amount of time you spent without breaking it up that's probably a very bad way to say it but hopefully that makes some sense okay next question this one's for you i know you're good at this one so this is from kate she says weak wrists in brackets i'm glad you're not a bloke oh fair is it just that my current pardon cheeky cheeky bit rude uh, is it just that my current body weight is more than my wrist can handle or are they a bit lame? Any tips slash exercises, etc., to build strength? It it inhibits, this actually says, it proper inhibits my ability to burpee and push up as well as certain dumbbell exercise. It's like I feel like the target muscle group, group could do more but my wrists fail me. Go. So... um Wrist strength is one of those ones that you see people training um, doing certain things that actually probably don't have any, or there's no necessity to do them. Um, to get sort of grip or wrist, wrist strength, I would actually do things like looking at push-ups on dumbbells, so actually doing your push-ups with the dumbbells in your hands. Um, that'll help sort of keep the, your, your wrists are going to have to work hard to keep balance. Um, which will obviously help strengthen up your wrists. Um, so looking at that kind of stuff, and the other way to look at it is for me is, is I, I use wrist straps quite a lot because it depends on what I'm doing. Um, if I'm like benching heavy, I'll use wrist straps to help strengthen my wrist out because at the end of the day they are they are a weak point. Um, so yeah, it's about finding. Trying some bits and bobs like sort of doing some push-ups on dumbbells, see how your wrists react. You might just find that your wrists are lame anyway, um, and trying to strengthen them up is going to take a lot of time away from what it is what your if it's body composition goals that are the main main thing. So something like a set of wrist straps might help. Yeah, and that's much easier to sort of overcome these things in the gym, really, isn't it? Because you can do things yeah. like 
get attachments for your wrist so that the cable attached to your wrists and not like your arm so that it's you're targeting that target muscle as opposed to being limited by your wrist uh, strength i actually remember andy yeah. showed me lifting what were we doing bent over rows with dumbbells and you were like oh yeah. put some wrist straps on and i'd always thought nah i didn't really like i didn't i didn't have like i'm not oh wrist straps are for pussies or whatever i was just like oh no i don't have them and i d- didn't see any particular need for them because i'd only see really big men using them for um deadlifting which i've never done because of my back so anyway i hadn't really used them and it is amazing the difference like you can lift so much more in exercises that really your target muscle like your lats really for for dumbbell rows that's a big strong muscle and it's not surprising that your grip strength is weaker than that muscle in in like relative terms so that's the weak point of that movement so once you have wrist straps on and that's gone you can lift so much more and put way more um emphasis on that muscle that is the target muscle you're trying to work so i wouldn't be afraid of using them I also wouldn't stop doing things that you struggle with, like the push-ups and the burpees, unless it's like pain, sort of carpal tunnel type pain. Um, if it's just a bit sore, then I would keep doing it and try and strengthen those those movements. But all the tips Andy said are brilliant and it will be a bit easier when we get back to the gym as well. Yeah, it's as, as you said, it's, you know, you've got to look at what the goals are. Is your, is your goal to have... Um, strong wrists or is your goal body composition if your goal is body composition let's work around the weak wrists by adding in a set of wrist straps or a set of straps whatever it is you know if you're having to do a pulling movement you'll be using straps if you're doing a, a pressing movement use use the wraps or so use um, wrist straps so it's it's all about what you what what's the end what's the end target and if you have to if you've got to go away and work on something for a long set a long amount of time you're taking yourself away from those goals so find it's not it's not cheating all it is it's it's an assist it's an assistance to what you're trying to do yeah 100 percent. it's definitely not cheating i very much enjoy my wrist straps okay so we've also had some questions on instagram someone just sent me um a message saying can you answer these on the podcast i thought "Hmm, why not also i'm quite interested in your opinions on them so the first question is how do you deal with ego and arrogance in the fitness industry it's a problem with humans as a whole but you do see this a lot more in the fitness industry yourself not included thank you um andy you go first um as in dealing with people who've got a bit of ego in them yeah like as in that's quite often in the fitness industry i'll generally not speak to them um, I um, <laughs> I my my social media is um, very very sparse with people who've got um, ego. Um, if they start to put that kind of stuff up, I'm very very quick just to get rid of them. Um, it's if you're talking about like the, I've always whenever gyms I've trained in, you're always going to get somebody who's got a bit of ego in them. And for me, I always find it, I actually find it funnier to start give like things like, remember um, training at a gym that I used to train at and a, a guy claimed that he was the hardest worker in the gym. 
at which point like you know at that point I, you start laughing you just go yeah whatever so just little things like walking up and going you finished with the bar do you mind if i use it i'm going to warm up so just leave your weights on <laughs> little things like that just knock them give, just give them a bit of a kick in the nuts um without actually or any physical... bring shona in and just be like oh do you want to just do you want to just go in with it like jump in with him because you'll be lifting the same weight there was a no. absolutely there's a cracker with Shona so was, I can't remember what it was but it was one of the gyms that we previously worked in together and um, Shona that day had actually just pushed out a 100 kilo bench um, for a, I think it was for a single or a or she, like, honestly it was frightening it was like a single or a double at 100 kilos um, and she, <laughs> there's somebody who, who used to come into the gym and train mass amounts of ego one of these people on social media who thinks they're a bit of a mo- a bit of a model on social media so always lots and lots of scantily clad pictures um, popping and propping up about their training that they're good, doing so amazingly well and one of the guys behind the desk got asked to spot them during bench and they were um the person was like oh um, have you could you come and spot me I'm going for a, a new one rep max I'm going for a 60 kilo bench and the, the guy behind the bench went oh that's brilliant that's brilliant yeah Shona um, one rep maxed hers today as well and they were like what did she get it was like 100 kilos which point didn't ask for a spot just disappeared and pretty much put the weights away and left it was Aww. probably I was sitting at the side absolutely wet myself laughing but you know, like people who have got ego or like arrogance will generally take that stuff really badly. Whereas, you know, if if that was me, I'd just laugh and go, "Well, Shona's definitely stronger than me. Just get on with it." <laughs> yeah, or I'd be like, "Wow, that's amazing." Yeah, exactly. Wow, I think a lot of people. I guess that comes back to the point at the start. Like a lot of people feel like someone else doing quote unquote better than them means yeah. that their achievements are worth less, which it doesn't at all. Like if exactly. you're doing you know your first three full push-ups but someone else is smashing out 60 in a row that doesn't make your achievement any less than theirs in fact in some ways it's a much bigger achievement because you know for them they've probably been training for years and doing this kind of exercise for years and actually you're right at the start of your journey anyway yeah. um how about yourself? Ego... how do you do you know what i think i just focus on myself I think it is a lot easier to deal with ego if you don't have ego and it's also a lot easier not to have ego as a female. Would yeah, you agree with that? I, think so. I I would agree with that. However, there are a lot of things there are there are still a lot of, it's the, the it's the whole social media thing. It's a great platform for so many for so many reasons, but it's also an absolute shit show for others. Like, you know, the amount of ego that you see kicking about of, you know, this is going to sound really bad, but people posting up like pictures of them, like trying to look like they're they're about to step on stage when you're sitting going, look, brilliant, great, kudos to you, but that is not a picture you should be putting up. Like it's you know there's it's just like they're deluding themselves. Like there's it's just it's I don't know I just don't under I think the whole social media things kind of given given fuel to the fire for people's ego because they can get their in blokes cases abs out at all point um or for females cases get their tits and arse out for for very easily and have get sort of instant gratification with likes um yeah but, that is a big thing you know isn't it? it's it's one of these things you know it's 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 um 
it's one it's one of these things that's it's going to happen you're never going to stop it ego wise if you find somebody who's got ego ignore them ignore them or delete them from your social media it's really simple you and um other shona who i do this podcast with that is meant to be a funny version um have such similar views on this like she was going through a list of things she's like blah 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 blocked blah 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 deleted and you're exactly the same got an ego blocked done but i like that do you know what it's one of those ones it's one of those ones where i i always remember came back to like having like a mobile phone i remember first like and somebody who i used to work with was like you do know that your mobile phone's to answer and i was like yeah i'll answer it if it's i'll answer it if and when I want to, because it's my mobile phone. Same as your social media. Like your social media is there for you. If you don't find anything worthwhile in somebody's social media posts or whatever they're putting up, delete them. They don't need to be on your stuff. Doesn't matter. Yeah. They could be your brother or your sister. You don't need to have them there. Like get rid of them. Yeah, and also so if, if it... you like if you're friends with someone but you don't particularly agree with or like what they post, you can always just like mute them if you don't want to see it. Yeah. And then well, it's, it's the not like you've deleted that... them. It's the same thing as the whole political thing, like the whole the, the politics thing. Across your social media, you'll see so many people who you're like, I did not realise that you were a racist or that yeah, you were a yeah. sexist or a homophobe. I'm going, and at what point, you're gone, you're gone and you're gone. So, yeah, it's, you know, social media is great at, at um, warming out all the, the shite sides of people. Um, and it's down to you if you keep following it or you get rid. So Yeah, I agree. Um, this next question sort of leads on from that. So it says, if you could change something within the fitness industry as a whole, what would it be? Hmm. Shall I go first while you think about it? Yeah, sure. Okay, I think for me, it would probably be like really petty arguments when, you know, at the end of the day, we are all looking to do the same thing as in help people look, feel and perform better than they were before and it's absolutely fine to discuss different methods but to sort of do it in a way that's abusive or offensive or belittling or kind of like often sometimes just like full adults bullying each other in my opinion is just like there is no place for that um and I think it like it is usually men maybe that's because there's more men doing the sort of education type thing but it does tend to be men and i think one of the reasons for it is ego so kind of back to the first question is yeah. that it, it's very hard to stop and learn anything or admit that you were wrong or admit that there's another view that has valid points as well if you have such a big ego you can't say oh okay i hadn't seen that study yet that's so interesting would you mind explaining it to me or oh, you train your clients this way. That's really interesting. Why do you do it like that? And sort of let them give an explanation before you're like, oh, this person's an idiot. They've put everyone on a low-carb diet and blah, blah, blah. Like, they might full well know that you don't have to go on a low-carb diet, but they might be saying, actually, I spoke to these clients and it was the best approach for them at the time. That's why they're on that diet. Um, What's your problem? (laughs) What are your thoughts? I think that... Totally right. I think it's, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think the whole, the ego across the industry is that everybody 
wants to be right and everybody wants to be a figurehead within the fitness industry. And I think if you are setting yourself up on a pedestal, people are going to throw stones at you to try and knock you off it. Um, and you then have those people who are sitting on the pedestal who just treat the people below them like shit. So like you, somebody may question it and they start treating you like crap because you question what they're doing. It's like, it's, not, it's just a simple question. I'm asking you, why do you, why do you do what you do? Like, there's no need to get like, there's no need to get butthurt about it. Just, I just want an explanation. Um, yeah. But I think, I think you're right. I think it's, um, for me, it's for me the fitness industry will always for me will always be about education will be me about me learning um and when we had john meadows over who is known as the mountain dog um he's a ifbb pro uh, and a pretty pretty smart dude but he one of the things that he told me was that he always wants he doesn't ever wants to be the smartest person in the room because he wants to have yeah, people smart than so that he can learn from them, and I, you know what, I totally res- I resonate with that so highly because I just want to get. I found something that I enjoyed doing, and I'm a, a bit of a sponge now. Whereas when I was a kid, I didn't really like school, didn't really enjoy it, and didn't really enjoy learning or studying. Whereas now I've got something that I really enjoy, something I love doing, and I'm just leeching information, and that's kind of what it's about. But yeah, yeah. I love that saying that. So there's a saying that if you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. So basically, yeah. like, you don't want to be in that position. You want to learn from from other people. And I'm I'm exactly the same. Like, I am more than happy to be taught by anyone and not just someone who, like, is seen as, like, a higher rank than me or anything. I'm more than happy to learn from someone who's just walked into the fitness industry and has good ideas or has a different perspective because he's done different training on the way up or whatever it is. Um, so are you sort of in agreement that's the thing that you would take out of the fitness industry or do you have another? Yeah, ego is definitely something that would come out of the fitness industry. Um, for me, it's, I think it's, it's something that it's, there's never going to be anything positive that comes from it. It's as simple as that. Um, just because, just because the people are, you know, as soon as a little bit of ego comes in, everybody then starts thinking that they're, they're God's gift and unfortunately they're not. So it is funny because obviously we are sort of insiders a little bit in the fitness industry and knowing some of these people who from the outside and I know from just like speaking to other people like oh he's really egotistical he comes across like that someone might come across like that but when you know them you realize that it's almost like a front and actually they have huge imposter syndrome and the way that they sort of protect themselves from that is by creating a bit of an ego for themselves and it's more like a coping mechanism. So that's yeah. that's an interesting, you know, it's not always as straightforward as, oh, he's really cocky, he, you know, has a big ego or blah, blah, blah. Sometimes it is that they have, in, and I know that most people do have, to some extent, imposter syndrome. And one way that people try and deal with that is almost just to create, like, a bit of a front for themselves. Or, as, this is, all, like, a bit of um. I don't even know what science it is. I guess it's a bit of psychology, but I've heard people speak about this. And I can't remember who it was, but it's almost like you, like say I was giving a talk and I'm really nervous, but I know that there is a part of me that would be very good at this and isn't nervous. And it would almost be like a cocky version of me that's like, yeah, I can do this absolutely fine, no questions. 
and yeah. you you almost put on that mask and i can't remember who was speaking about it but he said that he used to put on a pair of glasses to do his talk and that was almost like his mask i've become a different person this person is really confident i'm going to pretend that i am confident and i'm going to do this talk well so yeah. there's like coping mechanisms as well so sometimes it's not as simple as someone's just really egotistical but actually in a lot of cases it is so yeah I think it's the same thing as you say. Going back to the social media thing, is that you think about the number of people that you, the number of people that people generally follow on social media, live this perfect life, and I can tell you right now that ninety nine percent of them don't. Ninety nine percent of them have the same problems that everybody else has. They just have a very good way of fronting up on their social media. Mhm. Yeah, and like my friends do that, and some of them are really open about it. They're like, "Oh yeah, I know that." I- everything looks good on social media but i'm having these these and these problems and sometimes it's a it's um it kind of helps you like i remember with my back at certain points i was really really low like crying most nights like it was not a fun time for me but it actually helped me to almost put like a bit of a facade up on social media where i would sort of laugh about it like haha i'm on the floor again like it's funny for about five minutes and then when you realize oh okay this is actually (laughs) really dis dis disabling whatever really not a great time um but sometimes i think almost faking it a little bit or putting like a light-hearted twist to things helps you as well rather than like putting up like nobody wants to see me crying on the floor and i'm not going to put it on social media but it happened and it's the same with other things like no one wants to see you upset or like the low points you're not going to put on social media and I think that's absolutely fine I don't think people should feel pressure to be like oh I'm real I'm authentic I'm going to show you my highs and my lows like some things can still stay personal I don't know how yeah, I got yeah, onto that but oh yeah we were talking about how social media is a bit of a facade yeah so I would just always take it with a yeah. pinch of salt that you know if it looks like someone's having the best time of their life they might not be or maybe they are and that's great but equally, yeah, again, totally. it comes back to comparison, doesn't it? So, like, maybe they are, and that's great, but that doesn't mean that because your life doesn't look as great that it's not as great, because I'm sure it is also great. I need to find a thesaurus to find different words for great. Do you want awesome. the next question? <laughs> awesome. Let's go for it. Okay. Um, it, okay, well, I think you just answered this, but if you weren't doing your current job, what would you do? Um, also what's your dream job if you could do anything so I'm doing my dream job but as a kid and if I hadn't got injured when I was younger I'd have hopefully made a decent living as a footballer so that would have probably been the dream job Um, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now I would actually like to be a chef Um, like I love I love like Master Chef. I love watching all the cooking shows, and I love going into the kitchen and trying these things as well. Um, so yeah, I think oh, a chef. I'd have probably done. That's cool. I'd have probably been a chef. What about yourself? Um, I, I mean, realistically, I probably would have stayed in research. But same as you, I mm-hmm. like, and I'm not just saying this like, oh, it's my dream job. Genuinely, would not change my job for the world. Like, I absolutely love it. I'm so fortunate, and and also, just the like. I don't underappreciate the amazing opportunity that both of us have to positively impact so many people's lives. And I think sometimes people take that for granted, but I am genuinely grateful for that every single day. 
and I don't take it for granted at all. I mean, we do, we have the best jobs because we are passionate about them. Like I get up every morning excited to start work. I go to bed every night, like probably still working, but I don't ever feel like, like it does feel like work. I think when someone's like, oh, I love my job so much. It doesn't feel like work. I don't totally buy that. Like it does feel like work, but it does feel like work. I like I massively enjoy and I wouldn't call it so much a job as a career like this is what I want to do forever it's not just like I always think of a job as is almost just like a a means to an end for a lot of people yeah and I think a lot of people only ever have jobs which might mean that the rest of their life is very fulfilling but some people are lucky enough to have a career and I see a career as something that you love and something that will probably build like three or four years ago I was doing this but it was like maybe a a fifth of what I do now and that's what I mean by like your career building and you have different opportunities and you grow and you take different avenues and you start podcasts and you get to team up with awesome coaches like Andy and you know all these opportunities that come along the way and sort of build your business and and maybe you do change direction a bit along the way as well so yeah I love my job and I know that you do as well. Yeah, well, we were, remember we were we were speaking about this earlier this week when we were talking about what day we were going to podcast and stuff. But the fact that the commit to sex group is absolutely buzzing at the moment, and especially at a time when things are pretty shit because you can't leave the house, you can't go and train in a gym, you can only go out for a one walk a day, um, you know, and for all that to be going on, but like the support the the banter all the chat and stuff that's going on in the group at the moment like you, you i look at it and go wow like i'm part of this and like yeah, you guys yeah we may amazing. motivate you guys yeah but you guys motivate us to do what we do and that's why we enjoy doing that's why we enjoy this job it's it's not a job it's a vacation it's something that i've obviously there's something that fits what i fits me and fits what I do so yeah it's perfect yeah um that's interesting you you spoke about the group actually because I was listening into um, a marketing webinar type thing that Tanya was doing who's one of my friends who's helped me with marketing before and she was talking about your quote-unquote ideal client and how your ideal client was someone who has similar values to you has similar interests to you um and um, and in many ways was like very much like you and then I was like wow I, I was because she was sort of talking about how you would attract these sort of people and how you know how people could do that and I just realized that I mean I've already done it like genuinely that group is just full of people who could be best mates well who probably are in some respects especially at the moment when you know we only have this sort of online community but I know I would get on really well on a personal level with every single one of them and I think that's what you get when you do things like podcasts put yourself out on social media like people know my personality they know what I find funny they know my interests and if you align with that and you think oh, okay like that's the sort of person I'd want to work with because that is the sort of person I resonate with it's probably also got things to do with how I explain stuff compared to how another coach might explain stuff and that that may be helps them understand a certain concept or even like I was saying just resonates with them more so yeah I was buzzing at the end of that because I was like well I think I think I've ticked that box already 
Yeah, do you know, I think it's quite interesting when you go to, like, I've been to, like, obviously, me and you have been to numerous different sort of seminars and courses and stuff run by some pretty impressive people in the fitness industry. And when I go on these things and I'm sitting going, I do this stuff already. Like, I'm already doing this. It's not, it's not a, um, it's not an ego massage. It's more of a, I know what I'm doing. Like, I've been doing this for 20 years and I'm still learning, but I seem to know what I'm doing because these guys are all talking the same way that I do this. So it's quite nice to, quite nice to know that you're in the right, in the right area. Yeah, it is. And, and I often think that, like, I'll go to seminars and I won't necessarily learn anything. In fact, I was talking to Amelia about this the other day because she did a talk at the co-fit thing that was on the weekend and she was like oh no don't don't bother yep. watching the the 8am one because you won't learn anything and it's less about learning things and sometimes like which has been amazing working with amelia is that it's not necessarily that she has more or different knowledge which actually she does but anyway it's not necessarily that it might be that she explains something a different way or she uses a different example and i'm like oh that that's really interesting that you look at it from that approach and that could be something that would help my yeah. clients or speaking about things in a different way or explaining things in a different way. That's what I tend to get from seminars now is that even if they're speaking about basic fat loss for women, like I, that, that's kind of my thing. But sometimes someone will say something in a slightly different way. And I'm like, oh, that, I actually think that's a better way to explain it than what I've, than how I've been explaining it. So I think you're always going to learn something, even if you know the topic the the uh, 100% I think it's um you'll learn you'll learn something from everybody it could be from the you know the 17 year old rugby player that you're working with to the 88 year old um a guy who just comes in to keep his fitness up as he's reaching his twilight years you'll learn something from everybody and I think that's very important for people who are getting into the fitness industries to understand that yes you are the person who's going to be training people and educating them but you will still learn from everybody like you there's not there's not one more point where i'll not still be listening to everything my clients say and what they're doing because you know you might pick something up a different movement pattern that you've not seen before and you might like oh i quite like that you know they may have done it by mistake but you know like oh i might keep that and i might use that again you know it's simple there was there was one course I remember going on about probably about ten years ago, and there was um, I'm not going to name the person because I found them ab- an absolute wanker like Grady <laughs> Tosspot, like literally was throwing diva fits walking out of the seminar and people were questioning them like I think honestly, we're all going to know what you're going to tell me once we stop recording. I was yeah I was going to I was at the point where I was like I don't know why the fucking hell I'm listening to this shit um, but there was one thing that he said like and which resonated with me and I've done it every day since is his one thing was if you read one article every day of the every every day of the year and you take one piece of information from that one article you'll have learned 365 new things that year yeah and I was like yeah and do you know what I read one article every day, potentially more, but if I learn one thing, I've upgraded my knowledge 365 times that in a, in a year. So, you know, that's a bonus. Yeah, it's just, it's the same as what we do with the commit six or any any clients really. It's like looking at the process rather than the outcome. So it's not like, oh, I want to read, like even that's nice because it breaks up into chunks. Like everyone can read an article a day, but 
yeah if you start reading a book you're like oh it's really long am i going to finish this and then you move on to something else or it's nice like to break it up i think jamie used to tell me he he quite likes reading like 10 pages a day and then if you read more it's a bonus and it's sort of the same as like okay we want you to get 10,000 steps a day and if you get more that's great or we want you to do like your non-negotiables are like your bare minimum so we want you to do three workouts a week if you do more than that absolutely great but you've hit that bare minimum and the, the minimum amount has to be something that's achievable for you so if that's reading one um article a day or if it's you're learning a language and you're like right I'm gonna do 10 minutes of this a day and if that's all I do that's fine but if I do more that's great um, or even I like it with starting to run or something. It might be like, right, I am going to run for 10 minutes. If you feel like normally, actually, by 10 minutes, you're like, oh, okay, I actually feel quite good. I can keep going. And maybe you do keep going. But it's the starting yeah. that's usually the hard bit. And the starting's hard because the task, like the task length or the task difficulty is like of a magnitude that's quite scary or you don't think you might, you're going to be able to complete it. So I think chunking that up, that's a, that's a great thing to do yeah definitely and also on that note because you said that he was not a great guy or just a bit of a diva sometimes I learn more from things like that like I have learned a lot from watching people and thinking I never want to do that I never want to come across like that I never want to treat my clients like that or x y and z like I learn quite like if you watch people's behaviors even if they're negative, you can learn a lot from that just to be like, I don't like, please don't ever let me be like that. Thanks. <laughs> oh, oh, 100%. You'll actually probably learn more from those people, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Because that's yeah. the stuff that sticks with you. Because you are a dick and I don't want to be like that. Exactly. And that's the stuff that sticks in your head. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. It does, like, it's more alarming and, and it does have, like, a bigger impact sometimes because you're like, wow. <laughs> that guy was an asshole and I never want to be like that but luckily (laughs) I know that um if I started to be an asshole you would be like Emma no yeah and you don't need to to worry about that one yeah (laughs) but it's good to have people around you that'll be like no you're being a diva that's that is not acceptable behavior you know it's it's the same on all scores though like I hope I like I know I've got some really good friends that would tell, would give me an absolute kick in the nuts for being an asshole. So, you know, it's it's good to know that you have those people that are on your side. And you know that those are the people that you could say the same without them getting butthurt about it. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even if they did, like, I would be really upset if you were like, Emma, you are coming across really badly. I think how you've treated X, Y, and Z situation was bad. I'd be really upset, but at my own behaviour... And I'd be like, wow, thank you for telling me. I'm going to change that. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a really good podcast. I enjoyed that. Decent. Decent. (laughs) That was the longest pause. I I think there's a lag in this, by the way, because I keep being like, so do you have anything to say? And then you're like, five minutes later. No, that's fine. I just put that one in just for um just for um, shits and giggles. <laughs> I'm just like awkwardly standing here looking at the logo because you're not even like we can't even see each other. Anyway, is he I still think, there? Yeah, I think that um concludes today's podcast. Thank you for the questions. I will obviously be collecting them at this week's check-ins as well. We've got a new commit to six starting on Monday, which I'm very excited about. 
and yeah that's all if if you have any friends that you think would benefit from commit to six at the moment please put them in contact with me and i will chat to them about options and if they're suitable for the program so anyway i'm really excited about the next intake i think now is just an amazing opportunity to get things nailed and to get into good routines and then to come out of this lockdown fitter and leaner and closer to your goals exactly okay well i will chat to you later andy bye ciao ciao